hello we're uh <laughs> this is a deep dive and uh adam's already laughing uh, I'm oh, I, didn't, I didn't know we were starting but yeah here we are yeah here we are i'm jackson russo and i'm adam selby and welcome to this week's episode of deep dive yeah we're doing uh d'angelo this week um yeah he is a an american let's see r&b neo soul musician uh he's from virginia but uh he's notorious for just being um uh he's a super talented multi-instrumentalist and he's been around since the 90s active since the 90s um and you know you would expect someone who's been around that long to have multiple albums but he's only got three albums under his belt and all three albums have been critically acclaimed and And one of them took 14 years yeah and they've been notorious for taking a long time in between but that's d'angelo he's uh credited with you know bringing modern r&b and neo soul to the masses he didn't you know create r&b but bringing the new style of r&b you know yeah and bringing it back into i guess pop culture yeah, because you have like the old style of R&B where you have like Marvin Gaye and those type of people, and then you have modern, which is stuff like Usher and D'Angelo and all that kind of stuff, and even the Roots. Yeah. So, uh, D'Angelo, we listened to his uh, three albums, and he has like I think three albums and one song, and that one song was on uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, which is a good story. Yeah, that's a good story. I think but we'll, we've talked about that before at some point. So. Yeah. So um, we'll start with his first album, which was in 1995. It's called Brown Sugar. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Can I make a bold prediction of how you're going to, how you feel about all these albums before we start? Go, go for it. And then at the end, don't tell me if I'm right or not. Okay. At the end, we can assess whether I was right. I think his first album, you're going to like, but not love. His second album, you're going to really like, borderline love. And then the third album, you'll probably be lukewarm on. So interesting. We'll start on uh, the first album in 1995. It's called Brown Sugar. Um, yeah, it. This one has a more, I would say, hip hop feel. I, I would say all three of his albums have a kind of. They're all the same genre, but they have a very. They all have like a theme or style kind of to them yeah, and that they're paying tribute to yeah so this one kind of feels more hip-hop but it is still r&b in that neo soul and yeah. um which i i have no clue how to explain what neo soul is i yeah, just I, know what it is i wrote down it's it would be hard to describe what this album sounds like to somebody yeah so it it's about 10 songs long and you know it's how long was it it's about yeah. an hour yeah, 53 minutes, and um, this definitely has uh, my favorite song by him, uh, Shit Damn Motherfucker. That that song stood out? That's such a good song. That was uh, the first song I heard of his. Um, had you ever listened to him before no. this? I think I've, I've heard some of the songs, but I didn't realize who it was. So I had listened to him, but very passively. Uh, this was the first song I heard of his, and I didn't hear it through him. I was at a City in Color concert. And if you don't know who they are, they're just like the opposite of what D'Angelo is. They're just like an indie, like I wouldn't even call them rock, kind of like singer songwriter indie type music. And uh, I knew all their music. And then they came out and played Shit Damn Motherfucker. And I was like, what is this song? I know all their music. This must be some new song of theirs. And then <laughs> we met the singer, Dallas Green, after the show. 
And the guy I was with was like, hey, by the way, I love D'Angelo. Thanks for playing that song. And I, I put two and two together. I was like, oh, that's D'Angelo. Hmm. So I can thank Dallas Green for uh, showing me D'Angelo. But yeah, that was a really good song. Um, I would say also Brown Sugar, the title track, what it starts on. That was a good song. Yeah, and that was the single, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I think there was a couple. There was that and Cruisin' were the singles. Yeah, there was a couple. Um, I would say other than... I wouldn't say any of these songs I would personally pick to put on a playlist except for uh, Shit Damn Motherfucker, which I want to stop saying Yeah, because I've never said that out loud until now. And it sounds, it sounds like you awful. picked it because you can say it. No, but. I hate it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, I wouldn't say that I would pick any of these songs. Yeah, none of them stood out individually for me uh, other than that one song and <laughs> the... I mean, I guess the what you'd call it, the title track, like the... Yeah, it, it, there's definitely like, uh, now that I think back, just looking at this, all these albums are fresh on my mind because I did listen to them fairly recently. Um, I would say Brown Sugar, uh, Jones and My Bones, which when I saw that, uh, how that's written, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to hate this song. And then I still have it because I got Jones in my bones like that that's stuck in my head so i would say those three songs are definitely and even then i wouldn't say they're standout but this is definitely what got him big and he got huge off this album yeah it it makes sense i mean he has a really good voice and it comes across on every track really yeah and i mean a lot of the influences that he obviously has you can kind of tell what they are here even though they're more visible in the next two albums yeah and it's funny you know Obviously, Prince is an influence, and it really shows later, but it's it's already visible here, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and, you know, I think when a lot of people think of R&B artists, they think, okay, uh, just a singer, and mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the things I really like about D'Angelo is he's a multi-instrumentalist. He plays guitar. He plays bass. He plays keys. Yeah. He sings. He uh, composes everything. He plays drums. I mean, he doesn't play all that stuff on the records, but... No, but he... I mean, he writes most of it. Yeah, so. it's insane, which I, is probably part of the reason why it takes him so long is because he's probably a quote-unquote yeah. perfectionist when it comes to this kind of stuff. But anything else you want to talk about on this album? No, I didn't have that much on that one, actually. Yeah, so the next album... Um, so he got huge off that first album, and obviously in the 90s we're still in that era where, you know, record labels are a big thing. They're not on their way out yet. But um, there was obviously that pressure to have a, you know... To put out a follow-up, yeah. Yeah, a follow-up. So it took him five years to release it, which in music terms, you know, a lot of people see musicians, when they get big, they have a window. Yeah. And, you know... Well, and usually he would have come out with something like, in the first year or two after that. Yeah. So that definitely five years can be considered that window. But so he finally came out after five years with voodoo, which is known as his magnum opus. Mm -hmm. And I'd say there's a good reason why, um, uh, the album cover, I was listening to this at work and normally I'll just have a window pulled up and the album cover is just him shirtless and he's uh, very in shape and I didn't want to have that just sitting up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. Um, and my boss came by a couple times and I had to quickly uh, minimize it. But uh, this is a long album. Yeah, it was longer than I expected it would be. I figured it would be about the same length as the first album. But... It, 
80 minutes long. Yeah. That is just, that's asking a lot. I mean, I think it works though. I mean. Well, yeah. And also. It is really good from start to finish. So. Yeah. If they're, you know, if anybody was a fan of D'Angelo, just waiting for that follow up, I would feel that, you know, giving you 80 minutes of music is probably. Yeah. You know, you'll feel satisfied. You won't feel like, oh, you know, I wish there was more. But yeah, he recorded this at Electric Lady Studios, which was uh, Jimi Hendrix Studios. Mm -hmm. And like just a cornucopia of famous albums have been recorded there. Bowie recorded there. That was like his mainstay. His last album was there. Um, Yeah, his last two albums that he recorded in secret were there. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot lot of people have recorded significant albums in their careers there. Yeah. And this is also, um, I don't know if you read any of this or looked anything up, but this is when he. Uh, hooked up with um, Questlove. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. I, I as soon as I went and read about the album after listening to it, I was like, yeah. I in hindsight, I can hear that he has a drummer who's doing something different. And yeah. It clicked. So. There, there were. I'll get into it in a second, but there was a lot of stories. I watched some interviews that they did together because they're really good friends now, and um, they Questlove. Like there are just a bunch of interesting stories of this because this album wasn't a short recording it, it wasn't like oh he wrote all these yeah no, songs. i figured it would it had to take years so. yeah i think he was in the studio for like at least a year which is unheard of when you're recording an album even a pop album yeah you typically are in the studio between two to five weeks and that includes mixing so yeah so yeah, he was in and out of the studio a lot yeah. on this and he's notorious for being a night bird and i think Questlove said that he is uh his hours are from, uh, I think it was like, uh, I'm blanking, but maybe like 3 a.m. to 11 p.m., something like that. That may be wrong. Yeah. Uh, who cares? The other way around, probably. <laughs> but Yeah, probably. But um, so we can just go through the songs now. Uh, I do feel, I know you said the opposite, but I do feel that the first four songs could have been cut. They're not bad songs. But me personally listening to this, I felt like it was too I mean, long. if you had to cut stuff, then yeah. Because yeah. the, the second half of the album is easily the better part. Yeah. I think from starting from track five to 13 would have been a perfect, like near perfect album for me. Um, Send It On is the first song on that. And that that is like a perfect soulful song. I don't listen to much soul music, but that yeah, that was good. Um I don't know if you noticed this with any of it was more prevalent on this album and wasn't in the previous album, but he, um, his vocals are kind of indistinguishable. You can't understand the words he says all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's how he's singing or how he talks or anything. I think it's just the way the vocals sit in the mix. And I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it's kind of nice. I feel because it's like kind of listening to foreign music Whereas you don't know what they're saying and you're more attached to the melody. And yeah. for me, that's how it felt. Um, yeah, I didn't really think too much about why that was the case. So Yeah. Well, I, I was sitting there, I listened to this one a couple times and I kept thinking like, what what was the choice on this? Like, why did they do that? Because I could tell yeah. that it was pulled back a lot. If you went back and listened to you can hear that the vocals are pulled back lower than the instrumentation, which is interesting. Um I thought uh, Spanish Joint was a good song. It had a nice mm-hmm. little, like, 
I like how he called it, I assume he called it Spanish Joint just because it had a Latin groove to it. But probably yeah. you can definitely hear his guitar work in that. Like he is an amazing yeah, I think guitarist. You can hear all the instrumental uh, instrumental work on this album a lot more, and it's just I don't know it, if you didn't know to expect that you would be surprised to find it here. So yeah, and feel like making love, and his most popular uh, song, Untitled. How mm-hmm. does it feel? Which is seven minutes long. And there- it's like straight up Prince. Yeah, there is not a song on here that is... There is one song that is below five minutes, and it's four minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah, that is one thing that I noticed with all of his music, really, is they're all pretty long songs yeah, for being, like... I don't Not, like, pop music, but, you know, like... Yeah, R&B, and it, it is pop at points, so I would... It, it is shocking at how huge he got for something. With having long songs, yeah. Yeah, because pop is very formulaic and not in a like bad way like that is, pop is oh, that's on in its nature yeah. is that way mm-hmm. to hook people in but uh yeah that being said some of these songs he would have a good idea and it let that good idea would be about three minutes long and then i would feel there would be a tacked on two minutes that i was like i think you could have shaved that off yeah they were good songs though so i, it, I think it works though i'm not a fan of having really short songs though either so yeah well i would definitely say I mean, easy to say that this is his best album. If you look yeah, on yeah. Wikipedia or like anything talking about his recordings and stuff, some of the longest Wikipedia articles I've ever seen. In oh really? Yeah, for music, you don't typically get that. He's a pretty elusive guy when it comes to, you know, how everything goes down in the studio and everything. So mm-hmm. I think people are like grasping for something to kind of understand why he takes so long and what happens but uh there are a bunch of great interviews with him and Questlove and Questlove talks about how he wanted um D'Angelo wanted him to play they would have a click track and it'd be on time and they wanted or D'Angelo would want Questlove to sit behind that beat and basically slowly get behind the click track Hmm. and then also D'Angelo would be slower than uh Questlove so they would be off and it would uh, sync up every once in a while and get slightly off and then go back. Kind of like when uh, two turn signals in a car, yeah, yeah, they'll link up and then they'll slowly get off, but then they'll link back up, which is funny because you don't really notice it. And after listening to that interview, I kind of was listening for it. And you can catch it every once in a while, but it, it sits really well. Hmm. And apparently Questlove was worried that like all the musician community was going to laugh like, at him. Because well, yeah, you'd be able to tell and... Yeah, huh. but yeah, I would say but overall this this album is far more technical than the other one. Oh yeah, and like stuff like that is is really why. So yeah, and I mean, I am a very surface level R and B fan and neo soul fan, so I may be wrong in this, but I don't really think R and B is known for its super complex compositions. They have excellent musicians, but complex compositions where it's changing a lot right yeah i don't think it's known for that it's known for you know like jazz musicians at least not like but traditionally yeah yeah uh i would definitely say out of these three albums i would definitely go buy this album i looked for it on vinyl and couldn't find it anywhere but this is definitely an album i'll probably buy at some point yeah yeah so then then he took a really long break (laughs) yeah almost 15 years and apparently it was planned to be 15 years, not planned to be 15 years. Um, 
Like uh, it was like intentional was, though. It wasn't. He was going to release it in 2015, and then certain things made him want to release it earlier. And people, he released it without any um, promotion. And people, uh, uh, Beyonce had already done that with her self-titled album, mm-hmm. and people said like, "Oh, this was D'Angelo's Beyonce thing." Hmm. Because she had already done it, and then all these pop artists started doing that kind of stuff. But uh, oh yeah, now it's cool to announce an album without yeah, just release any it. promotion. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, album was called Black Messiah. Came out in 2014, and it uh, you can, and it's credited with the backing band, which is interesting because the other ones weren't. Yeah, D'Angelo and the Vanguard. Um, it's you can tell by the name of the album that it definitely has political statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was why he released it earlier. Uh, he was planning on releasing it in 2015. And then there was a lot of, uh, social. Uh, You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Just where we are now, social upheaval uh, within the black community, uh, and police violence, which spurred him to like, Oh, I need to release this now. So everybody hears it. And, just like his other albums, it got critical acclaim. Um, I would say that this one, whereas the first album was more hip-hop and the second album was more R&B and neo-soul, this one felt more guitar-oriented. And yeah. I wouldn't say rock, but it definitely has. It's got more, uh, I don't know, whatever genre you would call like some of Prince's biggest records. I mean, they're, yeah. they are rock, but they're also still not, you know, like Led Zeppelin-type rock. Yeah, and... I mean, you can definitely hear the guitar. Whereas in the other albums, the guitar sat in the mix. This one, it's like in the forefront. And it people would probably mistakenly think that he learned guitar. Uh, yeah, for just this. Yeah. yeah. And that he was like, oh, wanting to show it off. But that was not the case. Um, I would say off this album, overall, it's a really good album. Mm-hmm. But I would say that the only song that I really, really liked was Really Love, which was, I think, the single yeah really love is really the only song it has a nice um nice little uh classical guitar guitar intro and then it goes into this really slow jam like really catchy chorus um but other than that the other stuff i couldn't sing you another yeah i didn't have any songs that specifically stood out um but i do think that just overall the instrumentation on this album is just phenomenal like the whole way through yeah i mean and he's got people like Questlove and pino paladino which pino paladino if you look at any pop record i guarantee you at least one of one of the albums from your favorite artist he's played on he is just pretty much the mainstay of pop music basis he's an incredible yeah i think it shows that they had he had really good people working on (coughs) on the album and playing with him yeah I, it was overall a really good album and yeah it is I, I will say too it's hard to tell that there was a gap like it feels like this could have come up this could have came out five years after yeah i do his think, previous album so. i do think on this one uh his vocals were the weirdest that they've been yeah there are some points where it's just like it'll sound like he has eight vocal tracks going on at a time and he's got a really weird uh way of enunciating or just a way he attacks a vocal line and it's hard to explain i'll put it in an example of it in here but yeah i mean it's good but it this also gets back to the thing where there are just points where i don't know what he's saying mm-hmm. which is not necessarily a bad thing but just oh, i mean it's I definitely notice. an intentional thing so yeah um i don't really have much else to say about that yeah i don't either other than 
I guess oh, I did have one song that I did write down, Betray My Heart. Uh, the way that that song builds is just really great. Yeah. Really, the whole like second half of the album, the way that it just builds the songs continuously on this are so. a lot shorter. Yeah, I did notice that. They're still not like radio short, but. Yeah. And he also recorded this one at Electric Lady Studios. Apparently, whenever he records, he just basically. There are three studios in Electric Lady Studios. There's like a, Studio A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And he just like owns one of the studios for that time. And since he's a night person, apparently, he would let his friends who were trying to record an album. Uh, yeah, come do that come during do the day. It in the yeah. day. And then it, sometimes there would be like the same musicians would be working on both albums. So they'd be working around the clock, which, God. That, that sounds stressful. Yeah. But just imagine being on, you know, a common record, but then also being on um, D'Angelo, both huge artists. But uh, yeah, I think it's easy to say if you were to get it, if you were trying to get into D'Angelo or want to listen to him at all, I would definitely start with. Uh, voodoo would you agree yeah yeah i mean you could start with the first album but you might as well just go to i mean his like masterpiece basically so yeah and i think there's room for people to not like brown sugar the first album yeah and then they wouldn't listen to the second album but i guarantee you if you listen to the second album you will probably want to listen to the rest just to see what else he has to offer especially because he's got such a small library it's not really hard to just listen to it all no yeah, you could go listen to all three of them back to back and it yeah. would be fine so yeah so uh how off was i on my predictions pretty close okay like exactly yeah <laughs> i it, that's because that's exactly how i feel about I, it. I, I would like, expect that's how most people feel yeah um i was really bummed i was supposed to see him on the black messiah tour but he got sick mm. that he was playing at a festival i was at he was gonna close it out and he got sick and couldn't play so is he really still touring or is he like taking another break i think he's currently taking another break he said that he had a um companion piece that he was working on that was going to be released pretty close to black messiah hmm. but look we're already five years out from that so well but that we might be another 10 years away at this point yeah I mean, he's 44 years old, so he's got plenty of room to release more albums. I think at this rate, he'll have like two more albums tops. Yeah. But, you know. Well, but if they're all really great, then. Yeah, and he sells a ton of records. They have, if you just. Well, even even this newest album. Yeah. yeah, Those first two albums, they sold a fuck ton of records. I was reading the numbers and I was just like, Jesus, in two weeks, you sold like 300,000 records. Something like that. Like. Nowadays, the National won a Grammy for an album that sold 20,000 records. Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts to me. And then you have this guy who sold... I mean, even his newest album sold more than that. Yeah. And then you he's got an album that sold 300,000 in two weeks and didn't win, win a single Grammy. I mean, it won awards, but, you know, Grammy are, yeah. Grammys are, you know, the thing. But, yeah, I would say, all in all, go listen to Voodoo. It's definitely a long album, but if you can, get yeah. But it's it, if it's worth your time. It's not that long. It's yeah. fine. I I have a feeling that people who listen to this are there's one or two types of people who listen to this. People who don't want to listen to a whole thing and they just want to know, uh, like the one album to go listen to. Yeah, or people who already just listen to everything. So, yeah, yeah. I would assume that 
they could sit through it. So what are we going to listen to next, Adam? So my next pick is the English rock band Foles. Hell um, yeah. I don't know if you've listened to all their stuff before, but they have four albums and they have two new albums coming out later this year without wow. the founding member. So oh. I thought that'd be an interesting time to go listen to their first four albums before these new ones come out that won't yeah. have him on it. So Yeah, I haven't listened to all their music. I've listened to some of it. I, yeah, I've listened to, I think, two or three of their albums. I definitely haven't listened to all of them. So. They, they were a band. I was at a festival once um, that I, I was just waiting in between bands to see other. Or oh, and just I was waiting, caught them? Yeah, they were an in-between band, and I caught them. And wow, yeah, they're awesome live. But I haven't listened to everything, so I definitely want to see how I feel about everything. So uh, next week, the four albums of Foles. Mm-hmm. All right, first four albums of Foles. Yeah, and everything that's out. As of right now, uh, the first of the two albums they're coming out with this year actually comes out sometime early spring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next week, we're going to listen to Foles. And if you can't hear my cat, she's back in the room meowing. Mm -hmm. Good timing. 